This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now we're heading to Fred and Sandy Herkstra's farm and dairy support business near Ashburton. Cosmo Kentish Barnes is there to find out about a dairy farming social enterprise in Sri Lanka that's getting support from Kiwi farmers. First though, Fred tells Cosmo about his business, Vihoff. What we are doing is providing a service of trimming cows feed for dairy farmers. We also provide the equipment for farmers. And I have now specialised mainly in teaching people on how to trim cows feed properly. And you were the first hoof trimmer in, in New Zealand? I was. For 12 and a half years I was the only one. Before then there were uh, farmers were doing it themselves or they got veterinarians out but now we've got I think about 25 hoof trimmers in the country. What impact does hoof trimming have on, on dairy cows? So there are two aspects to it. One of them is the preventative side of it, which is basically shaping the hooves for a cow to function properly. The other one is dealing for when cows are actually lame. Now, hoof trimming is the best way to deal with lameness. Uh, then there are other things you can do also, but there is nothing that would compare to proper hoof trimming in helping the cow to function better, really. Mm-hmm. And Sandy, we are standing in a paddock now with some of the, your cattle. Yes, that's correct. Well, the, the cattle really are, are Fred's uh, baby. So we've got uh, limousine beef animals. And so this is our breeding herd here. We've got 10 calves, I think, amongst this lot. So Fred's built this up from, we started with three, uh, what about six years ago yeah no about that yeah yeah sandy we've got um someone very special here on your farm yes absolutely we have selena visiting from sri lanka and uh, we had the privilege of meeting selena in 2018 when we went on a tour to sri lanka with tear fund to visit the dairy project that uh, she's headed up over there so that we could have a look around it, see what it was, what was going on over there, what was happening and um, what support might be able to be able to offer into that space. How special is it to have her coming to your farm? Oh well it's fantastic actually, I mean it's very different and standing out here in the not very pleasant weather at the moment is uh, is not very nice for her given how warm it is in Sri Lanka but no it's lovely to have her here and to be able to see you know a little bit of what we do. Selena, as Sandy mentioned, it's not the best weather today, is it? Yes, it's so cold here. <laughs> so tell me, what are you doing here in New Zealand? Oh, my uh, visit here, I'm focusing on sharing the success story with all the supporters and the dairy farmers here. 
and also learning by visiting farms and it's a very different farming methodology we use so it's learning sharing and encouraging them and thanking them for all their support i think we should move inside because it is getting quite cold and wet yeah I'm guessing it never gets this cold and stormy in Sri Lanka. Oh no, never. (laughs) (laughs) We have a tropical climate. So the minimum temperature we would go is like 24, 23. And because of the humidity level there, you don't have this coldness that you you feel. Yes. Now we are retreating to the house where there's a balcony. Here we go, that's a bit better. Let's go back a bit, Selena. What do you do in Sri Lanka? What program have you started? Yeah, we started uh, just after the war finished and when the people were resettling. We were starting on uh, bringing them back to the normalcy in their life. And even though we have rice farming, which is the main income, most of these families, all of these families, couldn't go back to rice farming due to the landmines there and also the military controlled many of the areas. But always dairy had been the secondary income. So at that point in 2010-11, we thought dairy can bring in quick money for them to start their lives again. So we started dairying, and the first month we had only eight farmers turn up and 214 liters for the entire month, and the income was less than $20. So that is how the story started. Did this program start in the northern part of the country where the war was focused? Yes, exactly in the former war zone. And this was aimed at smallholder farmers... Yeah, it is. Because uh, Sri Lanka, 85% of the contributors to the milk chain are smallholder farmers. When I say smallholder farmers, it ranges from two cows to 20 cows. And uh, women do all the work, like caring for the cows, feeding them, milking them. And we don't have, we still milk with our hands. So milking them and all doing all that. And they even attend the trainings. Uh, But culturally, usually men give their names when they enroll or register. But it has changed now. We started working with the men and uh, we sort of like educated them on respecting the wife's contribution. Mm. So now we have 49% of women farmers in the program. Mm -hmm. Excellent. When you started, what was the first thing you had to do? Did you have to assist farmers with purchasing cattle? Oh, yeah. First, as people ran for their lives, cows also ran to the jungles for their lives. So we had to round up the cattle. Was it quite challenging finding finding them? Oh, yeah. You have to send the farmers. with. You have to initially get the military approval to go inside and then round up the cows and bring them back to the towns. And then they would divide according to the tags or the marks that they kept. But through this project, we have given them cow loans so that they can take cows. And we have given cows to farmer groups and uh, female farmers. 
where the first calf they will have to give it to another person sharing that's that's a nice idea and so did you have to provide a lot of training yeah a whole lot of training on feeding breeding and animal health and uh, first aid actually and prevention of diseases and this program has had support from the New Zealand government yes uh, the New Zealand government matched every dollar that was given and actually when uh, i was told that when you give 1 dollar the new zealand government matches it with 2 dollars mm. and what has that money gone towards it has gone to the dairy farmers to restart their lives and now we have more than 5000 farmers trained through this program and we have 2100 women in self help groups and we have the emerging young farmers come into the program and you know the milk collection has gone in our area itself with four milk routes uh, during the peak we collect about 75000 liters of milk a month and in a new zealand dollars approximately 82000 dollars distributed among farmers for a month this must be making a big difference uh, financially for these for these families it's a huge leap for them it's a huge difference because now they can confidently plan for reinvestment they have so many of them have gone for formal bank loans and have expanded their farms and this means the children staying in school sandy and fred when did you first hear about this program in sri lanka and how did you get involved Well, I can't remember who uh, the, some someone in in New Zealand uh, got Tefan onto us. So they approached us, and and we loved the project that they are doing in Sri Lanka. So we went over to Sri Lanka, and um, we had a fantastic time there, seeing what they were doing, seeing the struggles that they have there, and and now hearing all the progress that they are making. It's just a fantastic thing to be involved in, really. Did you go over with other farmers who have been helping the work Selene has been doing? Yes. Yes, so we went with a group of oh, I can't remember, would have been about 10, 10 or 12 people I think that we went over all together and and we spent 10 days there. What were your first impressions, Sandy? Well, Sri Lanka is miles apart culturally to New Zealand and you know, when we went onto the farms and went up into the north and you'd go onto a farm and i mean i'm used to a a farm in new zealand and you'd go to you know somebody and they had two or three cows in in their backyard and it was quite eye opening and the fact that they could make a living out of such a small holding was quite remarkable and i mean we saw people in various stages you know some that were quite uh, well developed in the program and some that were just coming on board and to see the difference between those people to where they start from to where they can get to was just so encouraging and one lady that we encountered who was very well developed I mean she had six cows and she was just doing so well she'd put her children through university and she was powering her cooker inside with a gas collecting system that she'd got from the effluent from the cows and you know it was just really encouraging and challenging actually to see how innovative and enthusiastic they were Now Selena for people who aren't that familiar with Sri Lanka's history 
Tell me about the Civil War. When did it start and what impact did it have on the country? Yeah, the Civil War started some uh, in the early 70s. It all started for the equal rights of the minority Tamil ethnicity. During the British, we did not have this problem, but when they handed over, it all started. But at some point, the Tamil Tigers took up weapons, and then it became guerrilla warfare, and then the open warfare. It went on 26 years. And a portion of the land was controlled by the Tamil Tigers. Then the government tried several times to break through, but they couldn't. And in 2008, they started this big war, and many died. So over 40,000 people in the last phase of the war in 2009, Mm -hmm. and 300,000 people were displaced, and they all went out of the land, of their land, and stayed in a camp, which at that point UNHCR declared as the most congested refugee camp. Every family would have gone through a trauma of losing somebody, uh, losing the limbs or anything. Like, you know, if you come to the farm, all the people who work in the farm will have a story to tell you. Fred, were you aware of the scars of war when you went to Sri Lanka? Oh, you could see it when you were there. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's a lot of the farms where we went to were indeed run by women because their husbands weren't there anymore. So it's very obvious, yeah. What is the program that you've started called? Our social program is called Beyond Boundaries and Barriers. And then Yuga Shakti is a social enterprise. So we produce, uh, we collect milk, we chill milk and we produce yogurt, drinking yogurt, uh, paneer. We have seven product lines. So all the milk products are called Covin. Co means cow, win from. So Covin means from the cow. And our tagline is nothing like fresh milk. So the milk that the smallholders produce all goes to this company? Um, not exactly, because we have trained over 5,000 farmers and they all, some, some of them give it to different processes. I mean, we have about 1,000 farmers giving milk to us on average. And then we also run a laboratory to test milk. So anybody can come and test their milk. Fred, what hurdles do farmers have over there in terms of farming cows? So one of, one of the things that came out, I thought it was very classic when um, the cows that produce about six or seven litres of cow per day. And a lot of that is because the calves are only getting about a half a litre of milk per day for, I think, about half a year. So those calves are not being developed very well, and therefore when they grow into cows, they're not going to produce very well either. But I can totally understand it from a farmer's perspective. I've got six litres of milk here. I need to live, and the calf needs to live. So it's the dilemma of where do I send the milk? So that is a major issue that is not easily overcome, I don't think. But other things as well, we went to a farm and they have the cows all tied up on their farms and the cows were standing there and they didn't have any water in front of them. So we went there and we said, oh, well, how about we just put a bucket of water in front of them? But that's not culturally accepted. 
because, and, and Selena can explain it better than I can, but I think it was something like the farm owner decides when the cow is getting water to drink. So it's easy to fix problems if you know how to do it, but then you've got all the other things in the background that makes it very complicated. Mm -hmm. So Selena, for smallholder dairy farmers to uh, make a profit from milk, some of them needed to change their cultural ways. Yeah, the traditional ways that they have followed. So for example, in the nights, have water for your cow and have food. Then in the morning, go to your shed and see how much of dung you have. And if you have big dung, you know that the cow is going to produce more. By doing that, you can increase at least one liter a day. And then we said, okay, why not bring in cash crops, right? So we also have the ginger and turmeric in large scale in our farm, organically cultivated, and we have the vegetables. So the next thing is having home gardens to ensure healthy families. So we started and um, now they all have plots that they eat from there and also they sell the excess. So that brings additional money to the families. So education and training is a key part of what you're doing and to assist with that you've started a training farm where people can come along and learn how to do things differently. Yeah definitely they can come in batches they stay overnight sometimes and they come and learn and not only that we use the farm that uh, integrated farm for children to come and they have they play they learn things and also we get because it's a war zone area, like previous. And we bring the majority and the minority children together to develop unity and better interaction so that the future generation will not see the differences. Rather, they will value the common challenges they have and they will find solutions together. Mm. Tear Fund is a Christian organization. Does that impact on the work that you do in Sri Lanka, the religious kind of component? Oh uh, Yeah, like we are Christian. Uh, my calling was at the age of 18 to this, so we hold the Christian values. But Christianity or any religion should not be a barrier for peace, joy and love and justice. So everyone pulls together to ensure that people can lead a better life. Yeah, definitely, yes. How much support do you get from New Zealand dairy farmers? Oh, huge. So one of the reasons that I'm visiting is to thank them because in another two and a half, three years, we are completing the partnership with Tia Fund. So we want the farmers to know they have supported us, which took us a long way and then sharing their technical knowledge, experiences. And I have one New Zealand farmer who actually videoed their day-to-day -day life and sent it to us. We use it widely in the uh, training sessions so that, you know, everyone has cows will go through this. So it's a learning curve for our farmers. It sounds like you have so many ideas. Uh, yes, we just dream. But also, there was this man who walked with us since 2012, Kevin Riddle, who is here. He actually, we, I didn't know anything about 
transformational development and all that. I was just learning. And even business was never in my agenda. But Kevin gave that input, teaching us, bringing the right people, connecting to us. And then he encouraged us to take these huge steps. Kevin, have you got a farming background? What drew you to this project in Sri Lanka? I actually don't have a farming background. I um, studied engineering first, but the engineering I did was a, a lot of how to develop New Zealand primary industry. I used to be in the DSIR. Um, but this program attracted me primarily because I felt that we need to help these farming families get their lives back. And I had worked in war zones before, mainly in the Middle East, so I understood the impact that war can have on people. And this started this partnership with Selena. And I did ask Selena a really important moral question, and that was, how could she work with the military? Because you have to work together with everybody if you're going to have a future. And her answer was, she said, even the mothers of soldiers have lost sons. And I, and I thought, this is a woman that can forgive others and is willing to work with people that had been in opposition to these communities. Mm. And I think the success of this dairy program is a mixture of being able to bring people together, whether they're Sinhali or Tamil or Muslim in Sri Lanka. And the church could play a role in that because the church is made up of Sinhali and Tamil. So it's just like a good way of bringing people together, but also good thinking and strategies around the supply chain, but also helping these farmers change their mindsets. And we've been able to work with this for 12 years, and it takes about that long. And um, it's really been the support of New Zealanders and people coming from farming backgrounds, together with the New Zealand government, that has enabled this program to succeed. Selena, tell me about your background. Was your childhood impacted by the war? I myself is a war victim and I'm a triple minority in my country. By ethnicity, I'm a Tamil. Then by gender, I'm a woman and I come from a very orthodox family. And then by religion, I'm a Christian. So, you know, your entire life, your entire survival is challenged. And uh, one day, I was a 12-year-old normal child. The next day, I grew up to be an adult because the war was on. I had to take care of my brother. And I faced near-death experience five times. So growing up, I never knew a lot about farming or anything. So my only thing was to make sure that the children the few in the future will have time to enjoy the childhood in my community, a child to be a child. Mm. I was going to ask you if your family were, were farmers. Not really, yes. We did have uh, cows at the backyard, but my father was a business person. Mm. So we lost everything in the war. So we have to run for our lives. And I have ran over the dead and the half dead. And I always thought later, um, I felt guilty actually. If I would have picked up somebody with me, that person might be alive today. 
So that is when I think I realized that we can, like, you know, what are we giving back? Because some of us were blessed to go out of that time and then to get a better education. So what are we giving back to our, our people and the children who are in that state still? Mm. So that is what brought me back to my region. Oh, that's lovely. And you saw that you could really help the rural communities in particular. Yes, because I'm, I am one of them. I am one of them. So why not? So when, we, when I talk to the women especially, I always say like, you know, I am one of you. And I'm at the age where I can share my experience. I just turned 60. So I always say that, you know, you can do it. Don't give up. That was Selina Prem Kumar, the director of Tear Fund's Yuga Shakti Dairy Enterprise in Sri Lanka. Cosmo was also talking to Kevin Riddell from Tear Fund New Zealand and project supporters Fred and Sandy Herkstra at their farm and hoof trimming business near Ashburton. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.